Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time. Big win for the 49ers against the Chargers. And uh Warren, I, I I heard that you were a little up and down during that game. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> uh definitely up and down, but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy, man. It's always nice to do a victory pot after a win. So yeah. All I care about is we we left with a W. So yeah, I'm hoping for a lot more victory, you know, pods coming up in the future. And the 49ers schedule kind of works out that way. Now, the early reports are that the 49ers are going to be playing the Cardinals uh, in front of 82% of their fans. So that's how many people are going to be filling up uh, the stadium. It's going to be absolutely impressive. And the 49ers had a big game against the Chargers that, you know, when you looked at it from the beginning of the season, this might not have been a one you penciled in as a W, right. but they were able to get it done. They, they did enough. Was it a spectacular victory? Did they dominate the way they did against the Rams? No, but they got the win. What were your thoughts on the game versus the Chargers? Uh, it was tell of two halves, to be honest. Um, the first half of the game, I was I was nervous. I mean, you could definitely see the team was kicking off the rust from the from the bye week. Um, we were just struggling. I mean, offensively and defensively. So the first half, I was just I didn't. I was like, is this the team that we seen earlier in the year against Denver? Is this the team that we seen against Atlanta? Right. I didn't. I didn't know what to think. And then you know that second half came and it was completely a different team. They rebounded, um, played well, uh, finished the game, came back and won the game. So for me, it was definitely a tell two halves. That's that's where, like you said, I had the roller coaster because yeah. I mean, the, the the beginning of the game, I was just like, man, like this is a rough watch. And then, um, like I said, that second half, we turned it on, and it was, it was beautiful in the second half. Yeah, I think what's interesting is this is one of the only times this year when the 49ers have struggled early on in the game where I didn't actually worry. I thought they were going to win the game. I thought this couldn't be consistent. And we, like you talked about the adjustments, besides that blown coverage to Talano Ufonga, the defense did a pretty good job. They Correct. gave up one touchdown <clears throat> that was on the first drive of the game. 
You don't want that to happen, but you respond and you're able to make plays. And you know, a lot of that was the offense just couldn't quite get it together, right? That first drive, fantastic, but they're not able to punch it in. And then after that, it was like the Brandon Ayuk fumble. And it, what's bad about that is that was a huge, that was actually a very nice play. Jimmy hit him, uh, Brandon went up and got it, and he was going to have a very significant gain. And it was like, we're going to get back to rolling again. The 49ers were victim of circumstance on their own accord most of the time with penalties and turnovers early on in that game. And that's really what kept the Chargers in the football game. When the 49ers were, got close and it was 16 to 10 and a half, I thought for sure they had a really good chance to win. No, I agree. And, I mean, if you look at the play in the first half, I, the team just wasn't really – they weren't gelling. They weren't clicking. And I don't know if that was the, you know, the vibe coming off the whole Verrett situation. I know the team was uh, – they were pretty upset about that. And I know uh, – I guess Shanahan gave them the option the, to take practice off or to keep practicing. So the, – and that was, that was during the bye week. But you could tell watching the first half, the team was just off. Mm-hmm. You know, this, is what, this wasn't the team – that we expected to come out off a of bye week. We thought they'd be firing on all cylinders. So it was it was definitely like I said it was a hard watch for that first half. But they like I said they they rebounded beautifully, you know. Um everything they they, they got done in the second half. I mean, I feel like they got more pressure on Herbert in the second half, made him feel more uncomfortable. Um they tightened up in the coverage and in and on the back end. So the second half is what we want to see going forward for the next what? For the rest of the season. Yeah, there's uh, you know, eight games left. Uh, so four years we have about eight games left. Normally that would have been half the season, but we know how 17 games makes it a little odd. And one thing that's going to make it a little bit easier over those next eight games is these reinforcements that came back. And the reinforcements we're talking about are Jordan Willis, Aziz Alshire, and Elijah Mitchell. And all of them made an impact in this game, whether it was Aziz stepping in for Dre, you know, and, and taking over that role when Dre got kicked out, or Jordan Willis providing an extra edge rusher presence with many who having to start Rebucom or Elijah Mitchell leading the team in rushing uh, with 18 carries, you know, for 89 yards. To me, this was an impressive wave of guys coming back that really helped get this football team in the right way. What did you think about these guys' impact? And, you know, which one impressed you the most? Wow. Uh, I think all three play well. Um, uh, Aziz, I really take my hat off to him for filling in when. uh, Greenlaw. Greenlaw got kicked out. Yeah, you know that was that was a tough situation. Um, but like I said, all three played well. I think if I had to pick one, the one that played the best to me was it's Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Elijah Elijah Mitchell, he got hurt early in the season. You know, came back this week at what we're at week ten, yeah. I believe week ten. Um, dude, look, every bit is what as advertised. You know, in off season, I know. I remember at the beginning of the year, you were saying that he looks good. Yeah, and I we 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 really didn't get to see him in in preseason. He gets hurt early in the year, and we really didn't know what to expect. Yeah, but how he looks against the Chargers, and I know Chargers rush defense is having issues this year. Dude was dynamic. I mean, he looked honestly. He looked like the best running back on the team. I mean, how he was reading holes and how he was cutting, um, decisive, finishing runs, getting first downs. Like, like, like he looked better than what he did last year. Yeah, you know and. I'm so happy that we got him back at this this time of the season because if you look across the league, you know, running backs are banged up at this time of the year. We're getting a fresh running back, a fresh starting running back in the middle of the season. And if you're a Niner fan, you got to be excited about that. Like, he just I, – I hope this is Eliza Mitchell we get for the rest of the year because he played beautifully. That's how you play the running back position. Yeah, what's nice about them is, uh, number one, I know it's weird seeing Christian McCaffrey on the sideline, uh, but those Christian McCaffrey on the sideline plays are going to be plays that end up building up 
where McCaffrey's healthy when we get to the playoffs, when you need a healthy McCaffrey. I like that when they got into four-minute offense, they used McCaffrey strategically, and the rest of the time they're like, you know what, Elijah Mitchell, go run the football for us. That's going to be the carries that have a wear and tear on a guy like McCaffrey that Elijah Mitchell is going to be able to hold up because he can handle 18 carries in a football game and not as long as it doesn't go over 20. He can do that because he's going to get other breaks, right? McCaffrey with over 43 plays during the football game, Elijah Mitchell just over 20. Like the, the split is still there. McCaffrey's on the field more than Elijah Mitchell, but the one-two punch is going to be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> And keeping them both healthy. This is what you needed. This was why you could trade away a Jeff Wilson Jr. This is why you can go ahead and not have TDP being active because you know those two guys are going to be able to handle the workload. And then when we're talking about the other guys, yeah, Z's did great stepping in. I want to talk a little bit about Jordan Willis because <clears throat> Jordan Willis is very good against the run. And to me, this look, he looked the most confident I think I've ever seen him playing defensive end in this league. He knew exactly when to you know, go ahead and anchor and hold down and uh, stop players from getting to the outside. He was getting after the quarterback. He was really close to having a couple of sacks in this oh, yeah. football game. With him being added back into this, uh, we're going to have a more steady rotation. I think Bosa played all but two plays. That can't be something you do consistently. But if Jordan Wills can be added to the rotation, and all of a sudden your next two guys after Ebucom and Bosa are Willis and Aminahue like it was last year, I think you start feeling really more confident about this defensive pass rush. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, during the game, I was like, who's this guy on the other side getting pressure? Like, like who is this guy? And um, I had to really look at him like, oh, that's Jordan Willis. Lake and Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> right? The 75 looks weird. He went back to his college number. That's it the does. first thing I thought was, why is Lakin Tomlinson <laughs> rushing the pass rusher? Right. Uh, passer. It's weird. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I know he showed flashes in the preseason this yeah. year where he looked he looked good. He looked amazing. And you you when you when you in the preseason you was putting together um the in season roster, you were like, all right, he's gonna make this roster. Yeah. And you see why in, in this game against the Chargers, like dude was stepping up in big moments. I know during that last drive to close the game out. Well, we had to get pressure on. Uh, uh, you had to get to. You had to get to Herbert, and I mean, you you expect Bosa to get there, but Jordan Wills was finishing plays. You know, I think he was the one that um, hit Herbert and affect the throw. That was a mini you. That was a mini you. Okay, yeah. that was a mini you. But I mean, Jordan Jordan Willis all game pressure. He was there making plays. I loved what I seen from Jordan Willis. Yeah, yeah, three hurries and a sack. Uh, I don't think you can ask for a lot more. From a guy that's normally just setting the edge and being a run stopper. Absolutely. He's quiet, but that big sack, I mean, he beat Bosa there. And yeah. that's impressive. So I was very excited about those guys. And you know, part of the part of that goes into this 49ers offense, which I think everyone is starting to expect to have these huge numbers. Now, it was it's very interesting. Uh Jordan Elliott, Splash Cousin over on Twitter. He does very good work. Uh one of one of my favorite guys, you know. Um, and I think that he, he posted a really good stat. And he was saying since they got Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers offense is averaging over 25 points a game. It was just a few weeks ago, right, that before the Christian McCaffrey trade, that people said as long as the 49ers can score 17 to 20, this team can win. Now that they got Christian McCaffrey, everyone's like, we got to score 30. We got to score 30. So we have seen an uptick in offense. And actually, he even took it a, a step further, Warren. And he said, if you take out that Denver game, you know, and, and the other bad performances that we had, I think it was Chicago as well. If you take those two games out, the 49ers do average 25 points per game. So what are your thoughts on this 49ers offense overall? Uh, where do you think they need to improve? Do you think they're doing good enough, or do they need to do more? Um, it's it's hard to say. Um, 
I love the running game. I, I feel like with Shanahan, the running game is always going to be there. Um, I like the multiple, the most like the position is football where we got to see Debo in the backfield this game with with Christian McCaffrey. I love seeing that. It's just it just puts the defense in conflict all game. Um, I know everybody loves to talk about the stars. They love to talk about McCaffrey and and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, but. Going forward in this offense, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Jawan Jennings. I mean, Jawan Jennings, I know we've talked about this in in uh, previous po- uh, podcasts. Um, the dude just makes plays. Like, when it comes to third down, I know the Raiders call uh, Renfro third and Renfro. Yeah. I mean, we need to call this guy third and Jawan or third and Jennings or something. Yeah. The dude is always on big third downs. Number 15 always comes up. You know what I mean? He He comes up big all the time. In the in the biggest moments, and, and it reminds me, like you said in previous podcasts as well, as well that um he plays for the Patriots now. He's Kendrick Bourne. Now. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne always used to come up big in moments like this. And Juwan Jennings is he's that unsung hero that nobody's talking about. So I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing for him from him and his addition to the offense. Um uh all I would love for this offense going forward is just more consistency. You know, what we've seen in the second half, let's get that uh, four quarters of football. You know, because against other teams, I mean, going into this game, we played an injured Chargers team. You know, we we got lucky with an injured Chargers team. If this team was, this Chargers team was healthy, it might have been a different football game. You know, we need we need consistent play of, of, of offensive football for four quarters so you're not having to come back. You're not, you're not playing from behind. That's going to be huge for me going out for the rest of the season. They have the weapons to do it. But it's consistency, putting it together week after week. Yeah, I would argue that really it's Joey Bosa, right, that they're missing um, on defense. I mean, pretty much their defense is healthy. Their offense, on the other hand, not so much. But this 49ers, you know, offense was going against a very talented defense. And those defensive players were making plays. I think one thing that I really liked that came out of this was when they put Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield together, they were running an RPO out of it. And they were running it where they were running a give in front and they would pull the guard and tackle. And some you saw him in the goal line, give it to Debo Samuel and him get positive yards. Then they would have the other guy out the other way that they had motioned out that they could throw as an outlet, and he could run as a screen pass. They ran that multiple times. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo had a couple occasions he didn't execute. One time, he threw it to Elijah Mitchell, and Khalil Mack made a play on it. If he would have gave that, it would have been a touchdown. There's another play where he gives it to Christian McCaffrey, and it goes outside. And if he would have thrown it to Debo Samuel... It was literally two-on-two blocking with Debo as the extra guy. He had nobody to tackle him. Everyone was occupied with McCaffrey, and that would have been a touchdown. So Jimmy made a couple of bad reads on those, which I'm not surprised. We haven't ran a lot of RPO this season. But if they can start executing that, you see the strain and stress that these defenses are starting to get. Derwin James, those players had to fly out and make plays on other guys. You talked about Jawan Jennings. It was on that third and twenty, or sorry, second and twenty play before he made his third and Jennings type play that he he looked for where Derwin James was going to be, and James sat over here and covered. So he came back to the other side. Once he looked off the guys with Debo, he went to Jennings, who was open running the play. So Jimmy Garoppolo had successful plays and non, but I think. Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to take advantage of this. And I think the more comfortable these players skill wise get to playing together in the new formations and the new plays that they're going to be able to run. I think they're going to have some success. And I think we will see a slow uptick in offense. Maybe we didn't get the explosive nature that we thought we were going to get in this first matchup where we got everyone together. 
but it could be coming up soon. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, the more the more they play together, the more they gain that chemistry. I think the offense is going to start to look better and better as the season progresses. But I mean, hats off to Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I mean, what he came into the season with and what he was up against, nobody thought he'd be playing like he is today. Yeah. I mean, like honestly, you know, he's playing some of the best football I've seen him play in a Niner uniform. Right. Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo is really playing great football right Yeah, now. I mean, he missed a couple <clears throat> throws, right? But overall, he didn't throw any footballs that no. could have been intercepted. There were no blunder plays. No. Jimmy Garoppolo executed at a high level. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, ran this offense right. And, I mean, did he have a touchdown thrown? No, but should he have? Yes. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk should have caught that ball Absolutely. for a touchdown. That Absolutely. hit him on the right shoulder. That's got to be caught. Uh, it was a fantastic route, by the oh. way. Brandon Ayuk absolutely <laughs> smoked him. Uh, oh, and that's why I'm optimistic, right? You you don't always execute everyone. You're trying to get better. But I think this offense continues to move in the right direction. And I think the more comfort they get with McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, to go along with these skilled players that they have, I think they're going to start doing some damage as, as Kyle continues to figure out exactly the skill set and how defenses are going to react to the players that he has. By the time we get to the playoffs, it could be real nasty. I agree. But I want to talk about Shanahan because Shanahan <laughs> is getting a lot of hate uh, for some of his conservative calls. A lot of people think on the first drive he should have went for it on fourth and two. He claimed that, or stated, not claimed, he stated that if, if they would have got positive yards on the Christian McCaffrey run up the middle, they would have went for it on fourth and one, but they actually lost yards, which made him decide, you know what, we need to go ahead and kick a field goal. There were other instances, including the end of the game, Warren, where a lot of people wanted him to go for it and make the Chargers go 99 yards and score a field goal, or, or it would, actually wouldn't have been 99 yards, but into field goal range. What were your thoughts on it? Do you think Shanahan's being too conservative? I, I think he's calling the game like he should, to be honest. I really had no issues um, with any coaching decisions or any calls during the game. I mean, uh, late in late game situations like that, you know, when, when I mean, it happens all the time in football where it's fourth and short, you pick up the first down, you keep the football, you bleed the clock. Right. Um, he decided to punt the ball, which I was okay. I mean, if you look at how the defense was playing in the second half, they completely adjusted. You know, in the first half, if the defense continued to play like they did in the first half, I probably would have questioned the decision. I would say, okay, let's go for it. You know, let's let's keep our their offense off the field. Let's keep Herbert off the field, and let's keep the ball in our hands and bleed the clock. You know, but the way they adjusted, you know, um, the way they put together in the second half, where your defense was, they were stopping the Chargers. The Chargers wasn't having real, no real uh, success. Um, Herbert Herbert wasn't doing the things that he was doing in the first half, even though he had that one wicked throw. Yeah. Oh my God, it was just wicked, but. Um, I, I'm I'm with the call. You know, I mean, the, uh, you have Bosa. You know what I mean, Bosa. That's what you have Bosa for. He's the closer. You know what I mean. Get out there, get to the quarterback, and close this game out. So I really have no issues with the play calls. Um, or him being too conservative. Um, in in this game specifically, I have had issues with him in the past, but in this game, I have I really had no problems with it. Yeah, I'm actually uh, on the same same way and same wave, wavelength as you because I believe if they would have gotten positive yards with McCaffrey right at the middle, yeah, he would have went for it, and that's what I would have done in that situation. And, you know, later on in the game, he's at midfield, and they need to get a first down and a fourth down, they went for it and got it. So there were chances being taken by Kyle Shanahan. Um, we could argue about, you know, that you know, what is the odds of getting it from fourth and three compared to fourth and one. Right. I just think that, you know, it, it is a lot – a lot easier, but looking back on it, I mean, that's part of the reason the 49ers won, right? They're willing to take those points. 
Uh, do they need to execute in the red zone better? Yes, because it shouldn't have came down to that decision. They need to get those into the end zone. We want to argue about executing and getting in the end zone. Um, I think the 49ers need to be better at that. Kyle Shannon even said so. 205 is not going to get it done no. in this league. You need to make sure you go in there and you score touchdowns. So I think the 49ers understand that. But as far as being too conservative, I don't believe so. And they were, you know, they were getting some big runs. I know it ended up being like 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, but some of that goes into the kneel downs, the quarterback sneaks. Those play into, you know, your average as well. So uh, you rush the ball over 40 times. You know it's a 49ers win. That's how it works uh, for Kyle Shanahan. But, yeah, I didn't think he was being too conservative. One guy catching a little bit of fire uh, is Mike McGlinchey. And this is not uncommon. Mike McGlinchey catches it a lot. Um, there was a clip being posted of the Elijah Mitchell attempt to score a touchdown towards the end of the game, the one where Elijah Mitchell slipped down, and Mike McGlinchey missed a block. So, or missed a block. I'm going to say it like that because uh, he stepped down and the defender went around him this way because of the slip, was able to get to Elijah Mitchell before he scored. Mike McGlinchey, of course, gave up uh, one pressure in this game, no sacks, but he's getting a lot of heat. I wonder what you thought of Mike McGlinchey's performance. And if you think that, you know, it's it's warranted or unwarranted for McGlinchey to catch the heat that he's catching. Um, the the play that you're talking about specifically, I didn't really get to see what happened. I do remember the play when he slipped, but I wasn't watching Mike, Mike McGlinchey during the play. Um, up until this point in the season, he has had his struggles. You know, um, it's if you're a Niner fan, you all, we all know. We, we all know he's had his issues this year. Um, this game against the Chargers, I think he played fine. To be honest, um, to me, it wasn't something that would that stood out to where he was repeatedly getting beat or or getting killed. I mean, to me, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo had plenty of time to throw the football this game. Um, so there there wasn't really much I seen out of McGlinchey like in the past, like uh, against the Chiefs, I believe he was. I, I think oh, that yeah. was Chris Jones just walked <laughs> him back to Jimmy Garoppolo like three four times. Yeah, that was like one of McGlinchey's worst games in the NFL. Like he was getting destroyed in that game. It was nothing to that extent against the Chargers. Um, so I don't know where this is coming from. I, I just think it's people picking on Mike, Mike McGlinchey because of the year that he's having. You know, this is the contract year. Are we going to bring him back? And all that stuff, you know. But in this Charger game, I don't think it's enough to pick on the guy. Yeah, I mean, do you want your right tackle to get walked back in the quarterback? No. Uh, but we know what McGlinchey is, right? McGlinchey is an above-average run blocker. He's actually pretty good at it. And then when it comes to pass blocking, he's below average. He's not great. Um, but you get him into advantageous situations for him to be successful, and that means third and short. You know, things that he doesn't have to traditionally pass protect with these kick slides and put himself on an island one-on-one. -on -one. But he did a pretty good job. The fact Khalil Mack only got one pressure against him, I think is really, really good. Now, the play in question on the goal line, just so everyone knows, as, as a former offensive line coach, you're working to get inside. The thought process with a play going away from you, such as the play that was, if that guy wants to go around you to get there, you won the block. Um, should McGlinchey have at least got a hand on him or something? Yes, but when a player on a, on a zone play where you're blocking down doesn't go with everybody else and goes around, you believe there's no chance for him to be able to get there to make a play. So Elijah Mitchell slipping down actually causes the timing of the play to be interrupted and for that player to have a chance. So did Mike McGlinchey do it exactly right? No, but every single offensive line coach understands that stepping down and that guy going around you on that play is okay. They'll live with that because you're on the backside of the run play. 
But I think he's catching a little bit more heat for that than he should. Right. Um, so with me watching it, the first thing I thought was, I would have been fine if my guy would have done that. And I think that's just kind of how I, so when I see it, I'm just like, I move on. Um, do I wish Elijah Mitchell wouldn't have slipped because he'd have walked in the end zone? Yeah, I do. Uh, but it happened. And now Mike Willich, he's got to you know take the heat for it. And that's why John Lynch said what he said a couple weeks ago, that he believes social media hasn't been kind to um, Mike McGlinchey because they, they cherry-pick plays where he plays yeah. bad. And I think everyone has plays, right? It's just amplified for some offensive right. linemen. Um, you know, Talano Funga had a bad play. You know what I mean? If, if we took and we put the bad plays and good plays together, I think they'd be pretty even. I, I agree, and that, that just speaks to his history. I think people are just – they're just ragging on him because they don't like him. You know, they don't they don't like his play up to this point with the Niners. So yeah. it's just it's just people are just sour. You know, I mean, it's gonna happen. Like you said, everybody has bad plays. Colin Ogle Hufunga had a bad play. Um, I I can't remember what offensive lineman had the holding on that. We had a big run in that, uh, in this last game. Oh, it was Jake Chargers. Brendel. Jake Brendel, yeah. Yeah. And I mean he I mean he had a bad play, you know, but you don't rag on the guy. I mean, it it happened like you said, it happens yeah. to everybody. Yeah, I mean, Jake Brindle had, you know, good plays and bad plays. Uh, offensive linemen are always going to catch it, right? right. They're always going to catch it, the heat, and McGlinchey's no different. But, I mean, in this this play, I wasn't upset with him. There's been other I have been. And I bet you some people don't understand, too, on the rollout pass where Jimmy was going to run the boot and Cleo Matt came free underneath that Mike McGlinchey's not supposed to block him. <laughs> I bet some people still think he's supposed to block him. Yeah, they don't understand. No. And so let's <laughs> talk about the second-half justice for this defense. <clears throat> Uh, because I thought that they did a really good job. And basically what Fred Warner said was, we just ran the same thing the whole time, except for third downs when we brought the blitz. Uh, and they were like, what did he run? He's like, I'm not telling you. It's a secret. Uh, so basically they just ran a loose coverage. They played under th- everything underneath, made Justin Herbert check it down, and then they tackled him. And that's pretty much what they did the entire second half. And then when it came to third down, they brought the heat, and they brought pressure, and they got to Justin Herbert the least sacked quarterback in the entire league, and they got him twice, and they put a lot of pressure on him as well. What did you think of the second half adjustments, and what do you think about the fact that D'Amico Ryans and this defense haven't given up a single point and have held the two straight teams under 60 yards of total offense in the second half? I think uh, that's what you want from your defensive coordinator. Yeah, You know, I mean, that, that shows how good your defensive coordinator is. I mean, when you could come out in the first half, you have a bad uh, first half, and then rebound in the second half and completely dominate the game. That's what you want. I mean, you want to be able to make adjustments on the fly, go in the locker room, talk to your guys, and be like, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to fix it. Like, you, you love to see that. Um, and, I mean, the Niners did exactly that. I mean, going into this game, what I was mostly worried about was Austin Eckler. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they really took care of Austin Eckler this game. He really – I don't even think he scored this game. Um, no, he didn't. Yeah, and, and he's been on a tear for the last few weeks. So the job they did on Austin Eckler was impeccable, you know. And then the, my other worry about the game, which which did come to fruition in the first half, is, you know, these unknown, unnamed receivers where, you know, they'll just they'll beat you over the top, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll get chunk plays out of you. And um, Everett was actually playing well on that first drive. I know he caught a couple balls, and then he ended up getting injured. We didn't see him for the rest of the game. But, I mean, that's what Justin Herbert will do to you. If you give him enough time, there's not a throw he can't make on the field. Yeah, you had some bad some bad ch- uh, chances being taken by 49ers defensive players. Uh, so the first Austin Eckler catch and first down, he, uh, Trey Greenlaw thinks he's going to run a flat, and he ends up running a Texas route, which is back over the middle, and that's why he gets beat. Uh, Gerald Everett beat, you know, Trey Greenlaw on another play. And then that deep play to Talanoa Fonga, who Fonga has that, 
that area yeah. of the field. He's supposed to have the deep, and he believes it's going to be a post. You can see him. He's pointing over at uh, Gibson. Hey, here he comes. No, he's not. And he's <laughs> in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah. So they had some early mess-ups, and sometimes when you're trying to create pressure and bring blitzes, like I know they said that was a dog blitz, then what happens is other people have to react differently and play different positions, and then they're not able to play fast. So when they went back to basics and just started playing a base coverage, they were able to react fast and then make plays. I think that is a smart way to go about it. But I love how D'Amico went about adjusting the defense and then being able to get after Justin Herbert. And once Justin Herbert had to speed up his process, he was not successful. He threw errant passes. He threw him away. He got on the run. And it was a lot better defense for the 49ers. But that's the thing. It feels like D'Amico can figure things out. The only game he hasn't been able to figure a team out so far has been Kansas City. Everybody else he's figured out and, and coached at a very high level. And I think that you give him extra time now. If they had to play Kansas City again, I would expect a different outcome as Absolutely. far as from defensively. He would figure it out. I just have that much faith in him. Absolutely. And I mean, Kansas City is one of the toughest teams to, to game plan for and, and to defend. But if you give him a second chance, I think he'll uh, he'll do his due diligence. But I mean, in this game against the Chargers, I mean, pressure bust pipes. And that's what they did in the second half. I love that. And <clears throat> let's talk about the Cardinals. 49ers versus Cardinals, Monday night football. In Mexico City, um, it's it's going to be a big-time matchup. It's looking like it's going to be McCoy against the 49ers again. Uh, probably no Kyler Murray. And we know that you know, last year that was a big problem. Colt McCoy did some damage on the 49ers. Of course, there's different circumstances. But um, what do you think early early thought process on 49ers versus Cardinals, especially with the you know hearing that there's probably going to be 82% of the fans that are in that stadium are going to be 49ers fans. I'm actually pumped about that. I'm actually pretty pumped about that. I mean, when you get these international games and you play one of these classic NFL powers like like what the Niners are, I feel bad for the Cardinals because, I mean, it's supposed to be a neutral side game, but there's Niner fans all across the world. So yeah. I'm, I'm loving that there's going to be a sea of red. Um, Cardinals, for some reason, man, we just have issues with this team. And I just, I just don't know what it is. I mean... Kyler Murray is he's he's a handful, you know. If he's gonna play, I'm not sure if he's gonna play or not. Um, he's dealing with an injury right now, but that that dude is just he's he's a lot to deal with. Um, thankful for us, there's a lot of issues going on in that locker room in uh, Arizona. Um, so you don't know what team you're gonna get week to week. I mean, they got a big win last week against the Rams, but that team is dealing with a lot of things. Um, so and even Colt McCoy's dangerous. I mean, we seen what he did to us last year. You know, he he had a big game. You know, so um, I'm worried about it because it's the Cardinals, you know, and, and just our history with the Cardinals. Like we, we just haven't been able to beat this team of late. But I think times is different now. Um, I think we're going to get over this time, especially if it's if it's Colt McCoy. I'm going to be a little less worried if it is. If it is uh, Kyler, you just don't know how it's going to go with Kyler. You know, he's just, you just don't know. But um, I think we are going to take care of business this time. But I am kind of worried about. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, there's a few things that concern me about them overall. I, I think Kyler Murray is difficult to bring down because yeah. uh, he's got so much quickness he's able to escape, um, but he also can't be successful from the pocket. And the one thing I like about playing Kyler Murray is if he takes – he's one of those guys that loses so much yards on sacks. So if you get him down, it ends a drive. The first time you get it, it's, it's usually 10-plus yards that he takes on a sack play, which means if you're faced second and 20, you know the drive's pretty much over. You play the sticks, you play the sticks, you get off the field. And that's something that is nice playing against Kyler Murray. Cole McCoy will run the offense. He'll take what the defense gives him. It's a little bit more stressful. He can also run. He's not 
you know, tremendously unathletic. He can get things done. He can extend plays. Um, I think quarterback is is something the Cardinals haven't really figured out an answer to. Kyler has special moments and then he has awful moments. So I don't know if we're gonna get there. And they cut Eno Benjamin, so it's gonna be James Conner that ends up being the guy that carries the the workload. And if they can't get a run game going, they're gonna have to rely on a receiving core that could have Hollywood Brown back. Um, maybe that's going to happen. They're they're definitely get, working towards having a full crew there. Rondell Moore is a, makes me a little bit nervous as well, but um, I think the 49ers can beat the Cardinals because I don't think the, the Cardinals matchup is good against the 49ers ever the, as they have in the past. And I think the 49ers have a lot of weapons to be able to get after them both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and DeAndre Hopkins, he always worries you as well. I mean, he's been out most of the year, so this is a fresh DeAndre Hopkins. Um, it kind of sucks that we're playing these guys so late in the year. You know, we yeah. got we got two two games with these guys within a matter of a few weeks. So it's 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 always tough in, no, in those type of circumstances. But um, I'm hoping for Colt McCoy. To me, he's he's just more easy to deal with. Uh, Kyler Murray, when he just gets to running, it's just like it's it's crazy because I've seen memes where people say he looks like a little kid running from his mom, and I just can't unsee it. Hey, yeah, he really does look like that. But he's just a lot to deal with. <clears throat> he is. So let's talk about the biggest concern. What do you think the biggest concern for the 49ers is versus the Cardinals? Biggest concern dealing with them is, is their passing game. Um, you know, we have injuries in, in our back half. You know, we don't have Mosley. Um, and, you know, we got we got Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward, we don't know how how healthy he is. Um, and then you have uh, Traverius Ward, and he's, he's, he's been dealing with his injuries as well. So, and anytime you play the Arizona Cardinals, you know, you're playing Kingsbury. You know, they're a team that love to air it out. That's what he ran in college. He's an air raid, air raid coach. So that's what they're going to try to come into this dude in this game and do. And we've had we've had issues. You look at the first half of the Chargers game, um, you see the issues that, you know, that was presented in the passing game. Warranted, you know, they don't have a quarterback like uh, uh, Herbert. You know, Kyler Murray can make the plays given if he has time. Um, but like you said, he does struggle in the pocket. So overall, to me, you know, their offense is just a lot to deal with. You know, it's it's mostly Kyler Murray keeping them in the pocket, keeping them contained. And, you know, you've seen what our our history is with mobile quarterbacks. I mean, this year we lost to Justin Fields. You know, we lost to Russell Wilson. We lost to Marcus Mariota. So we were struggling with, with, with mobile quarterbacks. We, it's, it's shown. It's proven. So... We got to take care of that. We got to get that job done. I mean, this is a division game. It's it's big, you know. So, this game for me, the biggest thing to worry about is if if Kyler Murray plays, it's his legs. Yeah, I think that's a, a solid concern. Uh, the one thing to remember is last year, Demico Ryan's defense held the Cardinals, you know, down low scoring wise. They didn't score a lot of points. Uh, you know, the 49ers lost games like seventeen to ten. You know what I mean? It was that their offense couldn't get going. They had injuries at the quarterback position, whether it was Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think that there are definitely concerns with this offense. I think in the slot, for instance, there's a major concern, Rondell Moore against Jimmy Ward. I think that's not something, a matchup that works well for Jimmy Ward because of speed. Rondell Moore is really fast. <clears throat> now they did lose Zach Ertz, so that's going to change the game up a little bit. Uh, Buda Baker's dealing with injuries on the other side of the field, but um, they're going to have DeAndre Hopkins. We know Charveris Ward's probably going to you know, be lining up with him. Hollywood Brown will be on the outside as well, and then Rondell Moore in the nickel. I think that nickel matchup is my biggest concern. Jimmy Ward on Rondell. And if they can find a way to limit Rondell Moore's successfulness from the inside, they could probably make a lot of plays and be able to get off the field. But I don't think Arizona plays consistent offense. 
And I think that's one of the things the 49ers have to do is just get off the field on third down, make sure you get the ball back in your offense, and the offense just has got to use the use the clock a little bit and run that football <laughs> and wear down Arizona, which they're going to be in elevation. So if you're able to pound the rock a lot, it's going to make a lot of problems. And so, Warren, what's the biggest advantage for the 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals? Biggest advantage is if Kyler doesn't play and we get Colt McCoy. I, I, I would love to get a second shot at Colt McCoy. Just like how he did us last year, it was it was embarrassing. It was that game, the way we lost at home to Arizona was probably the most embarrassing game of, of the season of last year. I mean, because Connor went crazy on us as well. Um, so my biggest advantage going to this game is is health. To be honest, I mean, we're getting more healthy. You know, they have their starting quarterback that may or may not play this game. So um, if we could get, you know, Cole McCoy, which is the B version of their offense, the JV version of their offense, that's a win for us. <laughs> I like that. I think I think for me it's going to be the defensive line. You have an offensive line that's been up and down uh, for the Cardinals. They've had problems with their center all year long. They haven't been able to stay healthy, and that means they've been playing backups. Bad snaps, all that stuff has been, you know, coming up. They're just not healthy as they used to be. Um, and the 49ers defensive line is getting healthier. You have – you have opportunities potentially for Armstead to play. Um, and then you have, you know, Ebucom, will he be back? And then there's, but you got Jordan Willis, Charles Amenehu, Nick Bosa, uh, guys that can make plays on the outside. And you throw in the fact that D'Amico Ryans has been playing a lot of games with Fred Warner blitzing the quarterback. And I think that's going to present problems for whoever is the quarterback for the Cardinals. I think, yeah, there's question marks for the 49ers in the back end, but one of the ways you limit that is by getting pressure on the quarterback early in downs. And I think the 49ers can do that. So I think Nick Bosa in this defensive line is a huge advantage for the 49ers versus the Cardinals. And then I think if you flip it over on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be the run game. If you're able to establish a run game and you limit the opportunity to the Arizona offense and you also win the time of possession while converting on third, third down, you're going to win the game. And I think that's where the 49ers' advantages lie. Another big advantage for us is hard knocks. Uh, in in season it, hard knocks, yeah. they got hard knocks in their locker room, so that's always an issue. Have you watched any of their hard knocks? I actually, I haven't. I've seen clips, but I haven't watched any of it. I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, either. yeah. I, I actually didn't know about it until like two days ago. I saw a preview for it when we were in Arizona, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, the Buddha Baker one." Yeah, you're on hard knocks. Yeah, yeah, he's like yelling at the team. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, cool. Right. Right. I love that they're in their locker room. So. Plenty of it. Yeah. That's keep, more distractions. Keep, keep doing that. Exactly. So, Warren, it's the time of the episode where we get your score <laughs> prediction. 49ers, Arizona Cardinals in Mexico. Who you got? I love that uh, it's going to be pretty much uh, Levi's what? Levi's down dirty south? Yeah, way south. <laughs> yeah, way south. Levi's um, beyond the border. <laughs> yeah, Levi's Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I got two scores. I think if we get Colt McCoy... Um, I think we'll have an easier time. So I think if we get Colt McCoy, I say the Niners win. I have us winning 24-7 if we get Colt McCoy. Um, if we get Kyler Murray, I think it's going to be a, a closer contest. I think it'll be more high scoring as well. So if we get Colt McCoy, I mean uh, Kyler Murray, I say we win 38-34. Ooh, you have Arizona scoring <laughs> 34 points on yeah. the 49ers defense. And I want to point out you did go with a Jay Hill sliding scale. Uh, one game with Cole McCoy, one score with Kyler Murray. I like that though. Uh, I think you know. I think it's interesting this game overall. It's it's gonna be a, a cool matchup. I don't know how good Arizona's offense really is. Yeah, we've seen them put up points on that Rams defense, but we've seen the 49ers put up points on that Rams defense. I think the Cardinals are highly inconsistent on offense and defense, and they're gonna have to put together you know 
a lot, you know, 60 minutes of really good football to be able to beat the 49ers. Uh, but the 49ers have to execute. You know what I mean? They 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 got to be able to get this game done. And if they do, I think they can pull out a win against the Cardinals. I think they can win. Um, and I think that they can cause some problems for this Arizona offense that is pretty predictable with Cliff Kingsbury and his mirrored route concepts and the way that he runs the football. Uh, if James Conner doesn't break tackles, they're not going to be able to run the football against the 49ers. And they're not Atlanta where they can load up and power up on you. So I think matchup-wise, in the run game, it works out for the 49ers. There are question marks for the wide receivers versus the 49ers cornerbacks, but we'll see. It seems like it hasn't been a huge problem for the Niners yet. We'll see if that continues, though. Yeah, and I look for uh, Kittle to have a big game. Um, it's always fun when he goes up against Buda Baker. <laughs> yeah, it's always a, it's a, it's a must-watch matchup. Right. And while they're duking it out, who the heck is going to cover Christian McCaffrey? Right, right. That's or Debo Samuel. Do they still have the guy from Clemson, Isaiah? Yeah, they still got Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, yeah. I don't know how he's doing. I mean, is he living up to his draft status? He ain't covering one of those guys one on one. I'll tell you that much. I mean, they they have some pretty good linebackers. You know, they have Isaiah Simmons. They have Collins. Uh, they have talent. JJ Watt is not the same impactful player that he used to be. They don't have you know the same edge rushers that they used to. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different there, but I'm curious. It's another three, four defense. Let's see how they handle going against McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, and this 40 yards offense. I think you're right. George Kittle could have some big plays because it, it was Derwin James <laughs> having to pay attention to other people, right. not just George Kittle. Let's see if it works out for the Cardinals. And if it's Buda uh, Baker on one of those guys, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of like those matchups for the 49ers. I do. I love seeing the Buda Baker highlights uh, against Kittle or Kittle just abusing them. It's, it's great, man. But uh, Arizona's definitely going to have their hands full. I mean, as we know, the Niners have so many weapons. So um, best of luck to them. I don't think they're going to be able to handle it. So definitely yeah. going to be uh, another victory pod next week. Yeah, I'm, I love that. Victory <laughs> pods are what I'm, what I'm here for. Right. That would be something nice going into Thanksgiving. I think I could enjoy my Thanksgiving dinner a little bit better with the 49ers Absolutely. win. Uh, but enjoy, <laughs> everyone, this week. More content coming up on the channel, of course. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. We appreciate it. If you have questions for me or Warren, leave it in the comment section down below. Really appreciate you guys tuning into the show. Enjoy Monday Night Football, and then after it's over, come and join me right after for the live game reaction show. Let me know what your point of view is on the game, what you thought, what you liked, what you didn't like. It's a lot of fun, but uh, until the next time, I hope you guys all enjoy it, and I know me and Warren are going to enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy Absolutely. enjoy a big 49ers game versus the Cardinals in Mexico City. 49ers, home away from home, apparently. Uh, and until then, everyone, you guys have a good one. Go Niners. Go Niners.